Hi everybody, welcome to Hubshots, episode 64, the pre-Christmas edition of Hubshots for 2016. In this episode, we're going to be talking about preparing for 2017, solving for the problem, and artificial intelligence. Now, my name's Ian Jacob, and I'm from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey, and this is a podcast for marketing managers who either use HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. Craig, how are you? I am so well, and hasn't the year flown by? I know. I can't believe it's gone. Christmas is next week. So, yeah. So, we're going to wrap up, um, well, yeah, as you said, not the last one for the year, but last one before Christmas with just a bit of a look back on 2016, also looking ahead to 2017, perhaps some things you want to be thinking about there over the break, and uh, in particular, artificial intelligence. So, it's uh, going to be an interesting show. Correct. They refer to it as AI, and you'll see that written around, and it's a lot of it's got a lot to do with bots and what's happening. So we'll talk more about that in this episode. And into our inbound thought of the year, Craig. All righty. So I was thinking back on 2016 and I was thinking, what is the inbound thought of the year that I've had? So I'm going to give mine and then uh, you're going to give yours. Sure. I think my aha moment was when we were interviewing Kit Bodner and he basically said, at HubSpot, we solve for the problem. So... This sounds obvious in hindsight, but it was such a revelation for me because he's basically saying instead of going, oh, yeah, we're going to drive traffic, yeah, we're going to drive leads, oh, yeah, we're going to drive sales, it says, actually, where's the problem? And I now, that's totally transformed how our agency works. When we go in with a customer now, we're like, okay, they normally come in and say, oh, we want you to increase traffic. And we, the first thing we say is, oh, okay, what's actually the problem that needs solving? Because we're going to focus on that. It's great for them, gets them the best results and ROI. And I think that's really been my inbound thought of the year uh it's uh yeah it's been an amazing change and really helped our agency and our customers what's so what's your thought of the year i have to say that was mine too and so i guess we should finish the episode right now because that was gold (laughs) (laughs) that was kip bodner right and uh such a clear thinker and if you're interested you can go back and hear our interview with him i think it was around 42 or something like that episode 42 so, but I'll give you something slightly different. And this is also from Kip, actually. We asked him about how he stays up to date and how he learns things. Mm. And he was saying, you know, being informed, keep reading and dive deep into topics. And I think you have to really become a practitioner uh, going forward. Like, that's just the key to really be good at what you're doing. And inbound is changing. Marketing is changing. And I think that that's what we need to do as owners, as marketers, as salespeople, is constantly be evolving and learning. Totally agree. Great one. All right. On to our HubSpot feature. So this is the tip of the year. Yeah. So what we thought we'd do is just think about our favorite new items in HubSpot released in 2016. There's so many great features, but some of them are are new. And uh, uh, so this is our favorite. So I'll just give you mine. I think, and this will be no surprise if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, but my favourite is lead flows in terms of a new feature in HubSpot this year, just recently released. It's the quickest wins by far we've had for customers implementing lead flows. So that's my favourite. I'll just throw in a little bonus one, which is I really like how they've refreshed the, the user experience or the user interface, their design, just those design tweaks. They pay attention to detail, and it's just a really... It's an enjoyable experience using the product. It's like zero. I always talk about zero if you use that for accounting. It's just yes. a joy to use, and HubSpot is like that as well. So I really like that. Okay. How about yours? yours? I think for us, it's been HubSpot projects, and we've been using that for a while because we've been beta testing it. 
But I think the biggest impact it's had for us is that we're clearly able to say, okay, we want to do a lead nurturing campaign. What are all the steps that go with it? And what I really like in the projects is that it'll link to the exact part of the site you actually want to go to. So if you're going to create a blog post, you go to the task, click the link, you get straight to that page where you can create the blog post. And I thought that's actually been really handy for us. And just as that project database builds out, there are really interesting that are in there. So I found one today, which is like, uh, how do you build a net promoter score using HubSpot? Yes, so, I've been through that one as well. That's so I'm going to build one of those for either ourselves or one of our clients. But I thought, you know, these are great things that I would have not necessarily thought of, but I just went, okay, well, what can I go and implement that will make a difference? And that was one of the things. You know, I, I have to back you up on projects uh, because the, the secret to uh, improve results quite often is better efficiency. Secret to better efficiency is having clear systems in place and projects is a key piece of giving you a system that you can just grab, give to your team and get all the benefits that flow on from it. Yes, that's an excellent one. And we have a bonus, Craig, from Paul, who sits in this office. Yeah, so Paul in our office here, um, we, he's a long-time HubSpot user, and we actually asked him his, his favourite feature, uh, not constrained to 2016. I was just interested, what did he like best about HubSpot? And he said, oh, progressive form fields. And I think that's right. It's one of those things that we all take for granted now in HubSpot. But when you show customers that or prospective HubSpot users that progressive form fills and fields, uh, that's actually often seals the deal. It's such a useful feature. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important. Tip from that is like if you're not using it, you should go and use it and think about what you can progressively ask people. And I think one thing Paul mentioned was it's really important for sales. So the more information you can get in a progressive manner, the better it is for conversation with sales. All right, Craig, on to our shot three, which is our pro tip of the week. Yeah, and this is a reminder tip. Actually, we should call this pro tip of the year, but it's a reminder about optimizing your pages so we're just going to go through the seven steps correct there's probably a project that covers there there is actually i think we spoke about it in an early episode but i think this is this is a really key thing and i do this pretty much every week on one of our accounts and you're quite right i mean this is a great step if there's nothing you take out this episode go and copy those seven steps and go apply to your account And I think you'll be winning in 2017. Yeah, so we'll just quickly go through the seven steps. It's basically about analysing your content and optimising it. So the first thing you do is go to the page performance report. That's under your reports menu. And you just look at for your highest visited pages. So it's popularity of pages. Then the second thing you do is you click on each of those pages and it takes you in. It's got a little SEO optimization piece. So it guides you into what you need to improve in the page. Sure. So obviously if your page is optimised, you're not going to see a warning triangle beside it. But if it needs to be, you'll see this yellow kind of warning triangle where you can actually click that and get see what opportunity there is. Right. And so even if it is optimised, you should still go in and check the content because you can update that. And this is steps three and four. You can update it for freshness or more up-to-date reports, especially if it refers to research. And uh, step four is updating links. So we often find that a piece of content, it might be linking internally through to older pieces. And yes. There might be newer pieces or newer offers that you have, so updating those. And then um, step five. Update the last update date. Now, Craig, I did want to ask you about this. Say you went in, you optimised and you didn't change anything, but you optimised, obviously, the links or an image that was missing some data, 
Would you update the last updated date or would you keep the date the same? Uh, I probably wouldn't if, if it hasn't been actually updated. Actually updated it's, yeah. uh, I, I guess I refer to visible content content okay. on the page. There's yeah. a little tip. Yeah, last updated. And I, uh, we noticed that HubSpot do this quite a bit. Um, so it depends where your date shows. Quite often in if you've got a WordPress theme or something, it'll show at the top. Uh, but, Word, uh, but HubSpot, you'll notice they'll say at the end, this was actually written in April 2014, but has been updated as of November 2016 for accuracy and relevance. And they're always refreshing it. So yes. it's good for two reasons. One, I guess that um, is an indicator to the reader that it's up to date, which is yes. good. It's also a, a, a um, hint to Google for its freshness as well. Now, one other thing you said is in step six to add a tailored lead flow sliding onto the page. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, new. I'm, I wonder if the HubSpot project has this as well, but lead-ins, you've really got to add a lead-in to every single page. And as we've been saying in the last couple of episodes, I, I don't like pop-ups, so I always use slide-ins. I think they're unobtrusive and they add value, and I have them slide in at 50% uh, scroll through the page. And so I definitely think you should be optimising all your pages and adding those. And then finally... You've got to check the CTA, so your call-to-action results on the page. And if needed, and if you're using a pro enterprise license, create a variation to test the CTA against and look for an increased click-through and conversion. That's going to be the key goal of that. And if you can do that, you've, you've increased your chances of converting so much greater than before. Yeah, so start with your top 10 pages, get them optimised, then next week do a few more and then a few more and, yeah. One a week, I reckon. One a week. One a week. Okay. It's well, achievable. That's absolutely right. Even yeah. if you did just one a week, that's 50 in a year. So um, the 80-20 rule would probably apply. you probably find that 30 pages deliver most of your traffic anyway. That's right. All right, Craig. Now we're going to step into our opinion of the week. And there are a few opinions here. This is going to be a bulk of the, the show. So we're going to look at what has changed in 2016, what won't change in 2017, how to combine the two with some examples, and thinking about artificial intelligence. Yeah, so I thought this would be good as you go on your break and you're thinking through your marketing activities. We'll do a quick refresher of the, some of the key things that have changed in 2016. This comes from an article on the Contently website. Gee, they're good, Contently. I love reading that. I, I, don't, I think every time they put out a post, I read it. It's fantastic. Yeah, right. yeah really good. Up there with my top 10 sites with um, the HubSpot blog and um, uh, Content Marketing Institute, etc. But we'll go through some of those and then I think what's interesting is what's not going to change because you can always be chasing what's new. Correct. And uh, there was a really interesting speech that Jeff Bezos gave. Uh, He's uh, founder and CEO of Amazon uh, about when he was asked, you know, what's happening in the next 10 years? What's going to happen? You know, we've got to be chasing the newest thing. And he said, it's interesting that no one asked me what's not going to change. And we've got a full quote from him. But to summarise, he basically says, you know, there are things that aren't, aren't going to change. They're going to stay as they are. You can actually build a business model around that. Mm. I think that's really interesting. So we'll go through some of the things that aren't going to change in marketing. But jumping back to what has changed, there's been a few key things that have really happened of uh, significance in 2016. We'll go through, just pull some of these out. Did you know that digital advertising overtook TV advertising for the first time? Now, that's pretty significant to me. It's massive, isn't yeah. it? The shift from advertising spend to digital. <clears throat> and I think what's really interesting, Craig, is that in this shift, Facebook dominates attention 
and marketing dollars, which 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 we kind of figured out will happen, but it's interesting to see it's happened in 2016. Yeah, and that's an actionable item for any marketing manager. You say, oh, okay, well, we weren't doing TV, and oh, it's changed to um, digital. Wow, what can I do? Well, in the next point, Facebook, as you just said, okay, let's look at Facebook as an avenue because it's very cheap by comparison to TV, and the results are there. And as we've said on many shows, just the the return on investment we get from Facebook is yes. amazing in B2B and B2C. Correct. All right, moving on, and this is, I know, a favourite of yours, but the whole VR and AR or virtual reality and augmented reality have really yes. taken off this year. Yeah, and you can, like if you've probably seen people doing Pokemon Go out on the street <laughs> in very strange things, and it just makes you realise, like, people are into it. And, and what's really interesting, a really interesting stat on iTunes downloads for Mario the other day, it had overtaken the downloads for Pokemon Go right? in one weekend or something. Yeah, wow. So, like, and I think that's the thing. As long as people keep pushing the envelope and giving people some new experiences, that'll keep driving this behaviour and change in people. And they'll do crazy things. Like, I remember one day in the city, I was walking back to get the car. It was getting dark. I just saw a whole bunch, like probably hundreds of people near the opera house on their devices playing Pokemon Go. And at that time, I had no idea what was going on. And I thought, what is going on? What are these people doing? Like they were in a world of their own chasing Pokemons. But Mm. it goes to show that anything's possible. Certainly does. And if you're a marketing manager going, great, that's Pokemon Go, but how does that apply to my B2B business? Well, we've really uh, looked at a few industries where this is applicable now, you know, real estate, even cars and that immersive experience and trying to experience a product. Uh, It's really something that should be top of mind for marketers. Um, Point four from this Contently article, just talking about 2016, um, it's just this rise of AI. Artificial intelligence is becoming, it's almost mainstream now. People understand what it is. We've mentioned bots as just kind of the, where it starts. That's at the simple end. But moving through to what we're going to talk about in a second, which is natural uh, language generation yes. and even, I mean, artificial intelligence is, extends to things like Tesla, autopilot and all that kind of stuff yes, as well. exactly. But within a marketing framework, it's often about content creation or personalising content uh, for the visitor. I think, yeah, if, if you want to understand how this fits in, look at episode 63. We had a little great diagram there about the different types of artificial intelligence and where it sits in the spectrum. All right. Now, the, the other thing about 2016 that really happened is that enterprises or businesses, actually not, not only enterprises but mid to large businesses, they're all becoming publishing companies as part of their offering. And what we mean by that is uh, no matter what you sell, you're actually produce. you almost have a publishing arm which is producing content that adds value. And so what we're actually seeing uh, across larger companies is they're almost having media agencies they're building internally in their business. So it's really interesting from a number of areas. Um, but, of course, it means if you're a marketing manager in an enterprise that you need to be thinking about that. And if you're in a mid to large company, you've actually got to be worried that some of your competitors are doing this at greater scale and greater maturity than you are, something that you need to be really investigating sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And one thing that we've noted is MarTech gets huge. So Microsoft purchasing LinkedIn this year was a pretty big step when you look at that. It's definitely interesting to see a software company like uh, Microsoft, which has a cloud focus and a productivity focus, embracing a social element and weaving them together. Yep. 
And finally, privacy, fake news data collection and native advertising guidelines. Yeah, all of these topics came up, you know, privacy, which we it's almost like we think privacy is getting less attention. People give away all their data, but yes. we're actually seeing regulation now and legislation come into protecting that. You're seeing European countries enforcing that on uh, software providers okay. and it's the whole fake news thing and that idea of credibility and rely mm. and trustworthiness um, coming into marketing as it should. Yes. All right, now on to what isn't going to change in 2017, Craig. Yeah, so I'll just uh, kind of uh, refer back to that Jeff Bezos quote where he says, you know, what isn't going to change? And he gives the example that, you know, customers are always going to want the cheapest prices. They're always going to want the fastest delivery or always going to want the best experience. You know, these are things that aren't going to change. And so while we can get too focused, I think, on areas of marketing which are changing oh should i be on this social network oh should i be doing this new kind of content format it's easy to kind of focus only on those and not on some of the the key uh, foundational elements and so we just thought we'd go through a few and you know as listeners you can come up with your own but think about in marketing what is it that's not going to change and we've got a few here just to kind of you know, stimulate your thinking but uh, i'll start by saying prospects and customers want help and value and answers and solutions. That's not going to change. They're Correct. not. They're not going to say, "Oh, um, uh, I'll happily sacrifice that so that I can see photos of you on whatever the new social network is." Right. So they're kind of kept, got to be kept separate. I think I'll, I'll relate that back. I remember listening to the guy who runs Innovation at Telstra, and he actually found out when they started servicing people through social, through Twitter, Facebook, etc. He goes, one of the biggest things they found is people want to self-help. So he goes, they gave people the tools to find the answers to sort sort out their problems because they were happy to do that rather than wait for somebody to actually answer them. So things like live chat has become a really key part of the way they service people. And I've used it many a time and I have a great experience. Like I, you know, I know what to expect. I know that I'm going to get answered within a really reasonable amount of time. And I get it sorted out without having to really talk to anyone. And I'm happy to self-help. And I see that happening across the board. And that's what I think people are going to have to keep doing. Yeah, that's an excellent example. And funnily enough, chat comes up. And um, the key that you're highlighting there is that people want a quick response. Yes. And that's not going to change. No. Right? In fact, they're going to want a quicker response. So when you're evaluating a new social channel, for example, not, in some ways you could think, oh, well, it's new. I can take advantage of it. Sure. But the other side of that is, will this actually allow me to give them value quicker? Because if it is, jump on it because the utility is what people are after there. If you can provide that utility quicker, then it's definitely something you you should embrace. Yeah. I think the next thing is they want trusted advisors. They want to feel safe. So they want to know that information being provided is real and accurate. I think that's a really key thing. They also want to feel like individuals. They want to feel special. They want their messaging personalised to them, uh, not feel as though you're just a number. And I know you've got a great experience you had this week. You've, you've just bought a, bought a new car and then you get an email. To dear blank <laughs> from the dealer principal. Right. So you've invested a certain amount of money. You know, it's a big decision yes. in your in your life. And you, I wasn't feeling special, Craig. No, you weren't feeling special. And this is it. You want to. Even That's though right. you know it might be coming from an automated system or something like that, you want it personalised exactly, for you. Exactly, yeah. 
And I think the final thing is they want a good experience. A good user experience with anything is going to be driving the way people behave and the way they interact with you, I think. And that's really important. Yeah, and that's right. And these are just a few ideas. So if as, as a market manager, think about these kinds of things in 2017 and the next couple of years, what's not going to change? Because we've got to keep, we've got to make sure these will keep foundational. So here's two quick thoughts. Combining that, like what's new and changing, combined with what's not going to change. And we had a, had a few. Uh, and the first one, really, and we're going to expand on this in a sec, is consider how you can use artificial intelligence technology to help you automate providing a personalised user experience. Okay, we're going to talk about that next. And that's really about making your prospects and customers and users feel special. So with artificial intelligence technology taking off, how can you use that to keep that foundational element? And then the second one, you mentioned this chat tools. You know what I find interesting about that is that uh, I've got a number of customers where we've spoken to them and saying, um, we really think you should be providing chat on the site because people want to ask you a question, you want to respond quickly. And they say, no, we're not going to do that because we don't have the resource to manage the chats. You know, if they, someone raises a chat, we, we don't have anyone to answer it. And you go, oh, okay. And then they say, oh, but by the way, we want to spend a whole ton of money driving traffic to the site. And you've kind of got this, oh, okay, so you do actually have budget for providing a marketing piece exactly. to drive traffic. But you've decided you don't have budget to provide the better experience and the quicker response. Yes. And yeah, I think that's an interesting mistake in some cases that uh, marketing managers make. So that's just food for thought if you're listening to this and considering that. Yeah, and see, I would think of this as a different channel of communicating with people. I think it's really key as, as the generation changes. We see this uh, in a lot of businesses that we, we help is that people are happy to use Facebook. They're happy to use Facebook chat to talk to people. They're not afraid. And one of the great advantages of that is that you know who they are. You know where they live. There are certain things that you know that they don't have to go through. They're already authenticated essentially. So they can already start having that conversation with you. So if you've got those tools on your site or you've got the chat and they've had a chat before and they can be found in the database, then they don't need to re-authenticate themselves. So knowing who they are is the biggest thing. I remember having a chat with Kip on that on a, on one occasion when he first spoke here in Australia, and he was saying, you know, one of the biggest things that he sees is that like numbers don't make sense. He goes, I can be anywhere in the world. I can log on to Skype or Facebook, and I can initiate a chat or a call with my wife. I don't need to know a number or learn. And he goes, that's the thing. It's like we're always authenticated, and we know who we are. It's just how we communicate with people on those channels now. Yeah, that's exactly right. Good point. All right, so let's dig into a little bit about artificial intelligence. And so this is a bit uh, future thinking, but think that it's so far away that you can ignore it for now because it's coming quickly. And uh, I really wanted to draw your attention to a talk that Paul Reitzer gave at Inbound. So this could have been our Inbound Thought of the Week, but we'd saved it for here. And it's now available up on content.inbound.com, and we've got a link to it as well. And what he does is he goes through the changing landscape in artificial intelligence and how it applies to marketers. And I, I strongly recommend as a marketer that you watch it, think about it. And he actually includes a number of tools in it and some of them you can use now. So um, that's, it's definitely worth looking at. But if you think about artificial intelligence in a way, it's just algorithms applied to analysing and giving you quicker results. 
And so that's why Dharmesh's growth bot, which you know I don't get bots, right? I'm still struggling, <laughs> but why he's pushing it so hard because yes. he sees that this is where it's going and it's basically a bunch of rules yes. to automate a whole bunch of stuff that you then don't have to do. That's bot right. does it for you. Predictive lead scoring, as we're looking at, if you've got an enterprise version of HubSpot, I've got predictive lead scoring, and that actually analyzes using its own algorithms to look at all your data and pull back the things it actually sees as indicative of good or bad leads. It's fascinating. And then the same thing's happening in on Tesla autopilot front, where I remember them talking about with autopilot, where before they'd say it needs to keep within the lane uh, equidistant of the line and now it's realizing that people don't behave like that like so people if there's a big truck in the left hand side they'll actually be more towards the right hand side of the lane and so now artificial intelligence is realizing oh okay to be more like a human i need to actually stay more to the right hand side and leave more space on the left because there's a big truck there fascinating yeah it's a really fascinating thing yeah so that's it so look um worth looking at Paul's talk, and then we've got a few links, just to a few tools. And the one that I'll point you to is to Quill Engage, which uh, is a, a tool that analyzes your Google Analytics and uses natural language to then present results to you. And it compares to the previous month. It gives you highlights, pulls out uh, interesting insights. And I it was a great find, Craig. It's a good. Uh, it's a good tool. And they've got a free version as well, just yes. a, a simplified version. But. Uh, I always like to say to customers, preparing reports, if you're doing that manually, something's wrong. Yes. Analyzing and adding context, of course, that's something that requires skill to do. But for a lot of this stuff, even machines can do that better than you or I. Exactly. So there's a tool. And then the one, if you really want to get future-focused, is to look at Watson, IBM Watson, which is a very sophisticated engine around artificial intelligence. And if you're after a little bit of a taste of that, have a look at their um, cognitive customer engagement, um, uh, what would you call it, bot. It's like a yeah, customer right. service chat window okay. and it's all artificially, intelligently run. So yeah, you're, right. you're, implement, you're talking with a bot the whole time and it trains and learns. Fascinating that is, stuff. That is fascinating. Yeah. So check it out. Anyway, that was our quick over. That was like all under our opinion of, of the year or opinion of the week. So hopefully there's some interesting thoughts there. And we'd love your feedback on the kinds of things that you're looking at for 2017. Yes. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the year. And this is going to be our interviews with seven marketing experts from HubSpot Sydney. So we did this earlier in the year and there's some really good interviews with some really actionable advice. So I'll put the link there. If you go to the website, you can find it under resources or click the link in the show notes and you'll get there. But there's a 60-page ebook that you can download with those actionable insights and the interviews and you can actually learn a few things. And I'd really encourage you to do that. As you move into 2017. Totally agree. And there'll be more for 2017 as we have interviewed a few more people this year, which we'll add into that updated version next year. All right, Craig, and finally on to our quote of the week. And this is from Charles M. Schultz. I love this. It says, Christmas is doing a little something extra for someone. And you've got to look at the show notes for the little picture of Snoopy there. That's right. You've got to do that. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to HubShots for 2016. There will be another episode. We wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, and we will see you after Christmas and into the new year in 2017. And we hope that you all have a great holiday and you have a relaxing time actually being with your family and loved ones. And it's been great to bring this show to you for the whole of 2016.
Until next time, Craig, have yourself a happy Christmas. Thanks, Ian. You too. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.